Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. This is Paul uh, writing to uh, the people at Ephesus, and this is his masterpiece. And he's summing up his writings. He's summing up his masterpiece. And he's saying, be strong. He's saying, don't try, but be strong in the Lord and in his strength, not your strength. And put on the whole armor of God, not just some of the armor, but all of the armor, that you may be able to stand against the schemes or the strategies of the devil. And we've talked about how uh, we go to the Old Testament, we see that God God actually put on pieces of this armor to, to fight the battles that he was going to fight. And if this armor is good enough for God, it should be good enough for us. And we need to put on this whole armor of God so that we'll have the ability and we'll have the power to stand against the strategies of the devil and everything that the devil tries to bring against us. In verse 12 it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And this is telling us that our battles, our wars, our struggles, they are not against flesh and blood. They're not against other people. They're not against yourself. They're not natural battles. They are spiritual battles. And make no mistake about it, every morning that we wake up, we are in a battle. We are in a spiritual battle. And because we're in a spiritual battle, verse 13 says, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore. And then we begin to, to get these pieces of the armor, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And here's where we're going to get to today. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Before we get into this, one of the things that, that actually just jumped out at me this morning is this is progressive. We've talked about how the belt would have been put on first and how the belt is the center and it's the foundation and the, it helped uh, with the other pieces of the armor. But when you look at this, you have to have uh, truth before you can actually have righteousness. And we defined righteousness last week of, of being right with God. And you may think that what you're doing is right. You probably do think that what you're doing is right. But God sets the standard of what's right. And you cannot be right with God or even understand what it is to be right with God uh, void of truth. You have to have truth, God's truth, the ultimate truth to be able to be righteous. But now we're going to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. And here's what God showed me this morning <laughs> is that you have to have truth to have righteousness, but you have to have truth and righteousness to have peace. And this morning we're going to talk about what we often call the shoes of peace. And so we've talked about not only are these pieces of the armor in reference to an Old Testament um, scriptures of where God put this on, but these people would have also been very familiar with a Roman soldier. And the Roman soldier would have worn uh, shoes for battle. His shoes would have looked different than the shoes that I have on today. They would have likely have been uh, these sandals with very thick bottoms and leather straps or some type of leather, leather uh, covering to maybe go up their ankle, maybe even up higher than that depending on the soldier. And these leather straps would have wrapped around to keep them on. But this bottom that they would have walked on the sole of the shoe, it would have been thick, but it also had something very unique. They would have 
actually been more like super cleats that they wore. Like they would have had these spikes or maybe even nails that were pointed downward. And so this leather that they were standing on on their sole would have had uh, nails pointing downward uh, from the sole. So that when they walked and when they fought, when they got in battle, they would dig their, their, their feet in. They would push them into the ground. They would have these nails going into the ground so that they could stand firm when they fought and not be knocked over. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. But the other thing about those spikes or those nails is that if an, if an opposing soldier fell down, then all of a sudden their shoes became a weapon. And you can leave that up to your imagination. So these shoes um, not only could be used to, to, to allow them to really dig in and stand firm and, and not be knocked over when they're in these battles, because, you know, these were hand-to-hand battles. These weren't like, you know, wars now where there's planes flying over and dropping bombs. I mean, you're, you're, you're fighting. You use swords and, and, and shields, and, and, and they're standing there. And it could also be used as a weapon. But the other thing is, when they would be fighting and moving or even marching, they weren't marching on paved roads. <laughs> they were marching um, in rough terrain. And maybe even in battle, there would be debris. And, and you know, it's nothing like getting a, a really tough guy to, like, stub his toe. And you're like, uh, you know, he just loses all toughness, right? You know, you stub your toe, you something like that. And it doesn't matter how big or strong you are. I mean, you are hunched over. You know, you, you might be... Um, squealing a little bit, you know, <laughs> no, I know none of y'all want to admit this, but, but you know, you could be big and strong and you might be able to take a punch to the chest, but you stub that toe and what happens? Right? So, so in, in battle, you can have these big, strong, tough guys that are, that are, that are ready to fight and, and are battle tested, but you know, you step on the wrong thing and all of a sudden <laughs> that pain is sharp, that pain is difficult. So these shoes that they would wear would also keep them from experiencing that as they were marching and as they were actually in battle. And so here we're told to put on as shoes for our feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And so many times we call these the shoes of peace. But this readiness given by the gospel of peace is what we're going to look at today. And that word peace there, it doesn't just mean peace. It also means prosperity. It means rest. It means quietness. There's a a calm to it. But it also means one. And it signifies unity. There's there's a lot in this. And and so what is this saying to us? Because, you know, when you read this, especially when you read in the King James, you know, being shod, your feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Like, 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 okay, wait, what are we talking about? What does this actually mean? What this means is we need to be ready to live by the gospel of peace. This readiness, we need to be ready at all times to live by the good news, which is what gospel means, of peace. That we, if you're a follower of Christ, we're going to get into this, but, but we need to be ready to have our lives lived by this good news of peace. And if you can live by this good news of peace, then you're putting on these shoes of peace and it's part of your armor. So first of all, we have to have peace with God. We have to have peace with God. If we don't have peace with God, then we're not going to have peace with ourselves. We're not going to have peace with other people. We're not going to have peace where we go. There's always going to be unrest, anxiety, drama, issues. We have to start with having peace with God. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, 
We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So our peace with God doesn't, again, we talked about this last week, doesn't come from our works and from our actions and being perfect. It comes from our faith and through the sacrifice that Jesus made for us in going to the cross and dying for our sins. And then God raising him up on the third day to to be the only true and living God. And when we believe that and we put our faith in that and when we trust in Jesus, then we are made right with God. The righteousness that we talked about last week and being right with God gives us peace with God. And so we're to put on these shoes that give us peace, that allow us to walk into peace first and foremost with God. And these shoes wouldn't have just been important for soldiers. They're also important for us. You know, we need shoes on um, because they help us get from where we are to where we want to go. And so when we go from place to place on a daily basis, we need to know that we are going at peace with God. And in peace with God. And so as you think about putting on the shoes of peace, and you think about everywhere that your shoes go, everywhere that you place your foot, every place that you go to, whether it be coming into this place or going into your job or or wherever it is that you go, to the grocery store, wherever it is that you go, knowing that those shoes are taking you to a place and wherever you go, you are at peace with God. And God is at peace with you. And man, that, you, you know, that, that's part of this armor. That's part of this strength that we need to fight these battles. Because, you know, there's some places that you go that can be very scary. There's some places that you go that could be devastating. If you've ever had to walk into a hospital room and see a loved one laying there. If you've ever, if you've ever had to, to, to walk into a situation where you saw something you didn't want to see. If you've ever had to, to, to go into a, 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 an office and you walk out of that office with no job. There's, there's places that, that our shoes, that our feet take us that can, that can be very scary. They can be devastating. They can be painful. And the first part of putting on these shoes of the gospel of peace is to recognize and realize that we're at peace with God. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you've given your life to him... He is at peace with you, and you are at peace with him. You are walking with him, and you are walking with the peace that he gives you. This peace, it comes from our faith. It doesn't come from these places that we go. So, So when we go into these scary places or these devastating places or even these difficult places, it's not always easy to carry that peace in there with us. And so we have to do it by faith. We have to do it in our hearts even more so than in our head because there'll be times where it feels like every place that your foot goes that everything around you is falling apart. And sometimes it's not even about where you're going. It's just the fact that everything on the inside of you is falling apart. Philippians chapter 4 is just uh, a couple pages over to the right if you have an old school Bible like me. If you would flip over there real quick, um, Philippians chapter 4 is it's the next book over in the New Testament. I want to read to you uh, just a few verses here beginning in verse 6. Paul also wrote uh, this book of Philippians, this letter uh, to people in Philippi. And in verse 6 he says, do not be anxious about anything. Stop right there. Think about it. Do not be anxious about anything. What are you anxious about? I'm telling you, I, 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 I have a tendency to be anxious about a lot of stuff. I'm anxious every Sunday at about 
Like, are any of y'all going to show up? God, am I going to completely mess this up? Or are you going to speak, you know, like, am I going to, is this, is anybody going to hear this? Is anybody going to become doers of your word? Like, I get a little anxious. I get a little anxious, um, you know, sometimes whenever my wife goes somewhere and I don't hear from her and she doesn't answer her phone. I get a little anxious sometimes. Sometimes I can be petty in what I get anxious about. Can I be honest with you? This weekend, um, in, our, in my fantasy football league, it's a lot of people from the church are playing fantasy football. Not for money. We're not gambling. But this week in my fantasy football league, the, the guy I'm playing, his running back is on a bye week. And so, he, he, like, Monday he didn't, he didn't get anybody. He didn't have anybody on his bench that can play in that. And, again, you got to know a little bit about sports, okay? So he didn't have anybody that he could fill in in that spot. Monday went by and Tuesday went by. And, and then there was one running back that was available that he could get and, and put it into his fantasy football team. And then it might, you know, make the game closer. He's still not going to win, but, but it make it a little closer. And, and he didn't pick him up. And then I messed it up, and then I couldn't pick the guy up. And now I'm like, oh, man, he's going to pick up this running back and this running back's going to have a great game and he's going to be close and I got a little anxious about whether or not he was going to pick up this running back as of this morning he still didn't pick anybody up and he's got nobody there I was like yes (laughs) how petty is that like how ridiculous is that I got to be honest though Monday I had I was a little anxious I was a little anxious about who he was going to get in that spot was I going to win this week in fantasy football that doesn't matter at all at all but I have a tendency to get a little anxious about stuff I imagine if you're honest with yourself you have a tendency maybe not about fantasy football maybe about more important things to get a little anxious at times but here Paul's telling us do not be anxious about anything How is that even possible? But in everything, every single thing, no matter how big or how small, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Take everything and anything, take it all to God. Especially those things that have a tendency to make you anxious. Take them to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's the peace of God that guards you, that keeps you. It's why we need to put on these shoes is because there are times where there is no other peace that will do. Jesus said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave, and when I leave, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to bring a peace that's different than what the peace that the world gives. It's different than the peace that we're able to get in our own minds. He gives us this peace that passes all understanding. It's how you can be right in the middle of a devastating situation of a difficult time of a very painful event and your feet have walked you into that and you can even have peace when you can't explain it you can have peace through the storms one of my first times going into a home um, after a loved one had, had made their transition it was in our home church in Michigan and and this was my very first day my very first day in ministry I'm following this other minister and he's showing me how to you know do these hospital visits and do this stuff and and we got a call that this lady's uh, daughter had had passed away 
And so we go to the house. I have no idea what to expect. I have no idea. It's my very first time. And we walk into this home, and she begins to tell us the story. She welcomes us in. She, like, has drinks and stuff. And I'm like, man, I, it's not what I thought, but maybe this is the way this goes. And, and we walk in, and she sits us down, and she starts to, she opens up this uh, photo album, and she starts to tell us about her daughter. Her daughter, I believe, was eight, nine years old. And six months prior to that, got diagnosed with some kind of rare form of cancer. And that day, she had passed away. The lady didn't even call us until she'd already gotten everything done at the hospital and she had gotten home. And then she called us and we're, we're, we're there. Now, most of the time, people will call you like at the hospital, which is good. We want you to do that. We want to be there as soon as we absolutely can. But this lady calls us and we come into her home and she's showing us pictures and showing us vacations and telling us her favorite books and, all, and what she liked to do and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking, what is going on? What is going on? And we go through this and we pray for her and we work, do all the stuff we're supposed to do. And, and I walk out of there thinking like, I, don't, I, don't, I can't even wrap my mind around what just happened. Like at this point, I have a one-year-old son and, and, I, and I get teary-eyed if there's like this emotional father-son moment in a movie. Like if it's a great dad, I like start to tear up. And, I'm like, and here she is. Just hours after losing her daughter, six months prior, they were having, you know, no issues. And, and she has this peace that I can't explain to you. I, I, can't, I can't tell you anything about that other than it was the peace that passed all understanding. That in the most difficult moment of her life, she had this calming peace and rest that only comes from God. That is the only place that you could ever get that kind of peace. And this peace that God gives us is not like the world gives us. It passes all of our understanding. And it is in Christ Jesus that we get this peace. And then in verse 8 it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So here's a key to walking in that peace, specifically with God, but this applies to all the areas we're going to talk about. You have to be intentional about what you allow yourself to think about. Because even stubbing your toe, even the smallest things, even a petty, insignificant, with no money on the line, fantasy football weekend can consume our thoughts. And we have to be intentional about thinking the way God wants us to think and training our minds to be able to think about those things that are good, those things that God is doing, the victories that we are experiencing. Because those are the things that when we think about them, that brings and invites the God of peace to be with us. And not just thinking about these things, because many times what, you know, these people that are trained and, 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 and certified and licensed and all this, what they'll tell people to try to gain peace and get away from anxiety is stop thinking about certain things. You know, stop, stop. Don't think about that. You know, just, just push past it. But what they're really saying is you're just ignoring the issue, <laughs> okay? There's one thing to live and walk and speak by faith. There's another thing to be ignorant and ignore the issue and just think that it's going to go away. And you know the difference in your heart. 
So you have to not just stop thinking about this, but you have to start thinking about these things that God tells us to think about. And, and then at the end of that, in verse 9, practice these things. So it's not just about thinking, but the things that you've learned about what to do and how to live your life, you need to actually do them, practice them. And those, those thoughts and those actions bring the God of peace into your life. Secondarily, not just having peace with God, we need to have peace with ourselves. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, Paul says, And let the peace of Christ rule, which is which that rule there is like an umpire, rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. We need to allow peace, peace to be the umpire of our hearts, to rule our hearts, allowing peace to tell us what to do and what not to do, allow peace to tell us where to go and what not, where not to go, that when we put on these shoes of peace, recognizing that we're giving peace authority in our hearts because God is the God of peace. So when you begin to walk to that place and you lose that peace, stop, stop, because you are able to walk out of these shoes, You are able to walk yourself into situations and places that God specifically tells you not to go, and you leave behind the shoes of peace. But if you will listen and allow that peace to rule your hearts and follow that peace that's in your heart, that's God speaking to you, that's God leading you, then you not only always have these shoes on to be able to stand firm in those battles and maybe even be able to use that peace as a weapon. Because, you know, for somebody that's trying to mess with you and trying to get you frustrated, trying to get you angry, trying to get you all these, you know, negative emotions, you know one of the greatest weapons used against them? Is you keep your peace. Misery loves company, right? What, what's really frustrating is when I'm miserable and you're, you're peaceful and you're happy. Now all of a sudden it's like, ugh. It, it can be used to stand firm, but it can also be used as a weapon, just like the Roman soldiers did this. And why is peace with ourselves so difficult? Let's be honest. Peace with ourselves is so difficult because, because we know we've made mistakes. And we know Many times, as soon as we make those mistakes, and we're, we're challenged by that, we're, we struggle with that. We sometimes even feel defeated by that. We go somewhere we shouldn't go. We do something we shouldn't have done. We say something we shouldn't have said. We beat ourselves up over it. And then when we do that, what we're actually doing is we are giving up our peace. We're taking off our shoes. We are choosing to think and act on the mistakes that we made instead of what God tells us to think about, instead of what God says and who he says we are. And we take these shoes off. But you got to remember this. It is Satan that brings condemnation. It is Satan that is the accuser of the brethren. It is Satan that says, you made that mistake and that's who you are. That's not God. That is not God. What God says is, you made this mistake, I'm going to bring what the Bible calls conviction, meaning this. You made that mistake. Now, you need to apologize and turn, but that's not who you are. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are a king. You are a priest. You, you, you are a royalty. You, you made a mistake. Repent. Ask for forgiveness. When you do, you're forgiven because that's not who you are. That's a mistake that you made. 
You know, the best basketball player of all time is Michael Jordan. No, no questions, no asks. If you're younger, I don't want to hear anything else about anybody else. I don't want to hear it. It's ridiculous. I don't care. It's ridiculous. Okay? Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. But he did not make every last second shot. And when he missed the last second shot, that doesn't mean that he's a choke artist or he's a failure. No, he's the greatest basketball player of all time, the most clutch basketball player of all time who made a mistake. And I knew the next time he wasn't going to make that mistake again. You shouldn't think more highly of Michael Jordan than you think of yourself. Maybe that's for me. But, but we shouldn't think more highly of people in those scenarios than we think of what God is able to do in us. Yes, we all make mistakes. But God, as soon as you ask him to forgive you, he sees you through the lens of Jesus' blood, and he washes all that away. He wipes it away. He removes it as far as the east is from the west, and he sees you as if you have never sinned. He does not see you as your mistakes. He sees you as the righteousness of God. And lastly, we need to have peace with others. Jesus said this, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. He didn't just say the peacekeepers. He said the peacemakers. It's it's Satan and these evil forces that we read about. They are the ones battling, trying to bring strife and division and drama everywhere you go. But you have the power to make peace. You have the power to put those shoes on and walk into a room that is full of strife and division and bring a calm and bring a peace and make peace. Allowing God to use you to speak the words that need to be spoken. To show the grace that needs to be there. To love so extravagantly that you bring peace everywhere that you go. Yes, you're going to have drama. You're going to have strife at times because there is an enemy and we make mistakes. But you should not have a life full of drama. You should not have drama following you everywhere that you go. You may have Satan trying to attack you, but you should not have just drama everywhere you go. Because if you have drama everywhere you go, there is one common denominator. There is one consistent. And that's you. But when you put on these shoes of the gospel of peace, then what you're doing is you're bringing peace and you're making peace. You're diffusing strife. You're loving through division. You're speaking blessing in order to bring unity. The amplified version of of, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 here, it says this, having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to prepare ourselves and be ready at all times, every day, to stand strong against the enemy. And we do this by knowing and living this good news of peace. Let me close with this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. It says, whoever says he abides in him, being Jesus, whoever says he lives in Jesus, ought to walk or live in the same way in which he walked. What's that saying? That we should live the way Jesus lived. If we say that we follow him and he lives in us and we live in him, then then we should walk this walk. We should talk this talk. Our lives should be like his life was. So these shoes of peace, they need to be put on daily through our prayers, through our words, speaking this every day. But it also needs to be put on through our actions. 
we know, we believe, and we act like we have peace with God. We know, we believe, and we act like we are at peace with ourselves. And we know, and we believe, and we act like we are at peace everywhere that we go and with every person we come in contact with. We put on these shoes of peace by faith, by prayer, by speaking it, by knowing it, and by living it. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.